Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. Well, good morning, everyone. As the video bumper just told you, this is my story. This is my story. You know, I'm going to jump uh, head first right into this this morning. Uh, I'm so, I'm just so excited. Um, more and more through the week, many of you have jumped on and you shared your story, but some of you watching this right now may not even know why. Yeah. But here's what happened. <clears throat> um, I don't know, maybe 10 days ago, I was really prompted by a, a precious brother in the Lord, Pastor Chuck Ramsey, who pastors in around the Atlanta area, and he had just uh, he had shared a sermon called Contagious, and in that he talked about how our faith and our story and our testimony is contagious, and it just touched my heart and brought me back to, to some of the things that we've studied right here at New Hope Church on testimony. And this morning, as you see that little bumper, this is my story. So what I've prompted last week during devotionals was for people to jump on and jump out there, and while we're right at the end of the sort of the quarantine period and, and sort of, you know, tucked away at home, uh, some of that has begun to lift, I get that, but whether, it, whether that's the reality or not, if you're watching this, if you're seeing this, that means you have Facebook. If you have Facebook, that means you have some device to see it on. Maybe you're watching on a smartphone, uh, a tablet, a pad of some sort, or a computer. Either way, that means you have the device to reverse this. What I mean is, you can take that same device and you can be the person talking into it. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do at the front. Here's what I've done all week. And here's what the teaching is about to be about. And that is the power of your story or sharing your testimony. The power of your story in the hands of God by the Spirit of God because you're the redeemed of the Lord. Now what I'm going to do in the next few minutes of teaching is not to beat you up or beat you down uh, uh, entirely. There's one that I think sort of leverages us quite a bit. But it is to tell you again, and in a fresh fashion, what happens when you share your testimony. Now, in the final days, final, really probably the final hours, if not minutes, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus would be speaking, and after he would, uh, uh, afterward, he would ascend in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Acts chapter 1. You can read along with me on the screen. I encourage you to get out. A uh, Bible, a uh, smartphone, a tablet, a computer, something, get something to write on, because I promise you today there will be some things worth writing down and taking into your week, if not taking into the rest of your life. But Jesus was speaking, and I'm starting sort of mid, uh, mid-paragraph or mid-thought, but at the, he's speaking to the disciples gathered around <clears throat> on the Mount of Ascension, and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that's important. Everybody say right now, whether, whether you think I can hear it or not, and I can't, but um, power. Say that word, power. You will receive power. The root of that word means ability. Great, great word. We've studied it many times. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. Now, those four designations that he used, he says, you shall be, watch, it's sort of like a, a map here, and, and I'm looking down at it, but you shall be in Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, and to the remotest parts of the earth. He says there's no place that you will not be able to penetrate as my witness. Now here's the thing. That word witness is also the same word translated testimony or to testify. So we could put a bit of a twist on it. And Jesus is saying, I want you guys to know that you are my testimony. You are my testimonyers. You are my testimony. Now in the past, I've given the definition of, of uh, testimony is the Holy Spirit empowering the story of me. But I'm, I'm going to change that definition a little bit here uh, this morning. And I'm, it just ignites my soul. This is sort of a fresh thought for me. It's the point at which the Holy Spirit, actually, let me change this. Jesus redeems the story of me. The Holy Spirit puts his story in me. His purpose and grace through me to extend the message of the kingdom of God. It's the point at which Jesus Christ redeems the story of me and then gives me his story empowered in me to release his purpose and grace through me. Oh my goodness, all in a testimony, all in the power of your story. Now I'm gonna build that case, but can I tell you what I believe to be the testimony of Jesus Christ if you were to turn towards the back of your Bible to Revelation chapter one, and you looked at verses 17 and 18, John the Revelator is writing again the words of Jesus Christ. Uh, this would be the first time, if you will, that he would hear him speak since he left, since Jesus left and ascended and spoke the words I just read to you. So here he's speaking, and I believe this is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. Here it comes. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. That beloved is the testimony of Jesus Christ. I am the one that came, son of God, son of man. I came in the flesh. I lived God's best intentions before you. I gave the highest expression of love right before your eyes, all the way to a cross. And when you think that all hope is gone and this world and the force that it brings to bear on your life has the final word, I want to remind you that I am he who was, who is, a matter of fact, let me read that because he said, I'm, uh, earlier he said, I'm he who is, who was, and who will be. I love that, uh, that, that he says that message. He said, I am he that was dead here, and now I am alive. I came and I was alive, then I was dead, now I'm alive, now I'll never be dead again. I'm alive forevermore. I conquered death, hell, and the grave. That is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, you say, that's the testimony we share? Yes, and I'm gonna explain it to you. I want to, um, I want to tell you what the force of testimony does, then I'm gonna come back around real quickly right to the end of that. I want you to get first that testimony declares mercy. It declares the mercy of God. Now, you've heard me say before that mercy is the force of God refusing to join me in my opinion of me above his opinion of me. Hang on for a second because I'm gonna share that with you again. But let's watch the Apostle Paul as he shares his story, 
that had been redeemed by Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and now it was being used to disclose God's purpose and grace through him to the world around him. Chapter, verse 12 of 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me. By the way, when he said, you shall receive power to be my witnesses, that I read from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, same exact word. So let me offer a little East Tennessee twist on this. I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has powered me. Powered me. We could say empowered. But he has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Listen to the scripture. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace, here it comes, here comes grace, right on the back of testimony. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. With the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. I love this. It is a trustworthy statement deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am the foremost of all. This is Paul sharing his testimony, but it becomes his story redeemed by Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, yet for this reason, second time, I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. And then I just had to include verse 17. Now to him who is eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to take you back to verse 13 when it says, yet I was shown mercy. Now you might be watching this morning in just a few minutes. I'm going to ask my wife, Brenda, to come and pray and close, and I'm going to jet out and pick up on the other side and in the sort of after-worship uh, prayer and question and answer time. But I want to point something out. This mercy, this word mercy is the, the force of God refusing to join me in my opinion of me above his opinion of me. Paul said, I was, I was a murderer, a blasphemer. I did all these things. Go and study Paul. Google the Apostle Paul. Google the apostle uh, Paul who was uh, Saul of Tarsus and what he did. He was a persecutor of those followers of Jesus Christ. He was standing on the edge of the crowd holding the clothes of others when Stephen was stoned to death in the opening parts of the book of Acts. That's who Paul was. But God, great in his mercy. You know, for years I've said mercy is the say no of God. It's God saying, no, I'm not going to join you in that. I'm not going to empower your own destruction. I will not. I won't join you in your version of you because I have a higher version of you just waiting for you. Oh boy, won't you accept it now? So I'm going to go ahead and plant this seed. If you're one who's watching this morning that hasn't invited, accept it. Christ is your Savior. To get to hear his voice to say, I've been waiting all this time to disclose to you my version of your story, and boy, is it infinitely above and beyond anything you could ask or think. I love that. That moment is coming. Praise God. Now, mercy, as I said, is the force of God's refusal to join me in my opinion of me above his opinion of me. So here then, testimony then, watch, 
testimony is the proof that God refused to empower my opinion of me above his opinion of me. (laughs) God is not going to empower your story of you. He's going to redeem your story of you and then empower his story through you. That's what he does. That is testimony. All week long, I've gotten to watch my precious brothers and sisters from New Hope, Hans Ballou, Jessica Jackson, uh, Barry Sims, um, let's see, uh, Jamie Owsley, Jeremy Owsley, uh, Pastor Matt Johnson, and others that have gotten on and just taken the time and said, this is my story. This is my story. And boy, I've just sat there and through several of them, just tears running down my face as I witnessed the great power of God taking, coming in and saying, I'm going to redeem everything prior to this moment and this story and empower my version of your story. Just hang on and watch. Beloved, it is a trip. God, testimony then is God empowering his version of me above my version of me. Why don't you just turn and tell somebody that if you're sitting there with somebody? Testimony is God is proof of God empowering his version of me above my version of me. But not only we get mercy, not only is testimony a statement of mercy and do we even have a testimony because of mercy, but it's grace as well. Listen to Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power, see there's that word again, one more time. The apostles were giving testimony. So you're going to see words pop up alongside of testimony. They were given testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, I am he that was alive and was dead, and now I'm alive again. They're giving, they're giving service and voice to the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And he, watch what it says. Testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and abundant or great, here's this word, and great grace was upon them. Notice in the first part of verse 33, look at it here on the screen, that great power in the apostles because of great grace. It's the identical Greek term when it says abundant grace is that term, great grace was upon them all. When, uh, when I testify, that is when I share my testimony, Great power and great grace is released. Both of them are released into that moment. Again, when I testify, there is power that we don't understand and grace that we can't quite see released into that moment. Now, I want you to watch something that we've watched here for for 10 years. And while I'm talking, you'll see this little uh, sort of animated thing pop up on the screen in front of you. I'm going to keep talking. You watch this. You'll see in the center of this circle right here uh, the, the, the word me. And the circle sort of represents me or you. Put yourself in the center of that. Now, the Bible says that we live in a world that is just pressed upon by sin. Listen for just a moment for verse, to chapter uh, 5 of Romans, verse 19. For as through one man's disobedience, matter of fact, I think I share this uh, on Easter, that Adam, the original Adam's disobedient, the many were made sinner, even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Uh, here, let me see. Um, it says the law came in so that the transgression would increase, but here it goes. But where sin increased, the grace, uh, grace abounded all the more. Now let me finish telling you this. 
you can see how this little diagram works that as I begin to invite grace by testimony, by song, by prayer. Matter of fact, several years ago, we studied 180 times. We hung out there for six months that grace appears in the New Testament. It's a pushback. Grace pushes back. It pushes back against the force of sin at work in this world and creates a space where God's redemption, life-changing, life-animating force, as I've said so many times, and I don't want this to be lost, it pushes back and creates a space. It makes my life bigger. It makes a place for redemption to work. What is redemption? Quickly, let me say this. As many times as I've said it, the best illustration of one of the working aspects of, of this redemption is a coupon that you can redeem at a grocery store, and it'll say it's worth 99 cents or $2 or maybe $4 off on the purchase of five items or what it may be. But that coupon itself isn't like cash or money. It's not worth anything until you take it to the point that it was originated, to the store of origination, and they'll say, oh yeah, that coupon has $3 worth of worth right here at the right place. Beloved, the Bible says that the image of God has been stamped on every human being. We have been created in the image of God. There is that indelible mark of eternity of God himself stamped on every soul, and God says, I'm waiting for you just like a coupon <clears throat> simply to come back to the point of origin to the creator who created you. To the creation comes home and says, let me animate you and activate you for all that you can be. That is what happens when we find Jesus Christ. I want to say again, when grace pushes back, it creates a space of redemption. For every one of us that know Jesus Christ as Savior, I can tell you at that very moment that we made that choice and we entered in and we received of that, there was grace at work. Somebody was praying. The Holy Spirit was working. It was pushing back a space. I've listened to testimonies all week long. I listened to one, I love Jamie's testimony when she said she responded to the, to the voice of the Lord and to Jessica Jackson when she responded uh, to the voice of the Lord and gave her heart to the Lord. She said, there was just something going on there, something around me. Can I tell you what it is? It's that moment where grace comes in, pushes back, creates a vacuum of redemption where sin can't whisper its lies and tell you what you can't be and what you will never be or beat you down for what you've done, but grace that flows straight from the cross of Christ. The testimony of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes into that moment, clearing out a space where you can hear, see your story redeemed suddenly, where that thing that's been stamped on your soul is suddenly brought to your to the surface. And can I tell you, that's not the end of the journey, just the beginning. Praise God. You know, right now, all the places that this is being viewed, if you're sitting there with your children, husband and wife, maybe a brother or sister, family member, I don't know. But right now, I want you to just take about 15 seconds and do this with me. Just clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I thank you for that amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That just burns and stirs in my heart, and it has been for several hours prior to, get it, prior to getting here. Um, uh, I'm going to skip a couple of things because I want to get to the last point about the real power of testimony. And I, I got to tell you something. Right before I, I walked in here to speak, 
uh, I had spoken with a precious daughter in the Lord, Real Marshall, and uh, I was telling her what I had intentions of, of speaking about right now. I said, the power of testimony. As I was sharing with her, she just got excited over the phone. She's out in Texas in a little town uh, south of Dallas, and uh, she just got excited. And I, I shared with her a verse of Scripture that I'm about to share with you right now, Revelation 12, uh, 11. And it says, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And I'm going to make the point of that in a moment about what testimony, the word of our testimony, brings the power of the cross and the story of the cross to bear on the moment. But she says, Pastor, that's just been on my heart all week long. And she says, it's the verse right before it. And I said, tell me about that. I've just forgotten it. And she says, it says this. Uh, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, verse 10, chapter 12 of Revelation. My goodness. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before. And she says, the force of testimony, every time we do it, she says it shuts the mouth of the accuser. You want to know who the accuser is? Well, you got to back up and read verse 9 before verse 10. Now I'm going to get a running start on this. Here it goes. And the great dragon was thrown down. Now listen to me. I know this is the book of Revelation, and I know many of you are waiting to see charts, graphs, and whatever projections as we look at the book of the Revelation, but the majority of the time you're not going to hear that from me because I believe it's a handbook of worship. I believe it unveils the power of the cross of Christ in the mouths of the redeemed as an incredible weapon, I believe it unleashes the power of worship and spiritual warfare and shows us how we do overcome. It says that in all the, to all seven churches in the opening couple of chapters, and here it's animated even further. And it says, the dragon was thrown down. You might wonder who that is. Scripture says the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan. So if you have any question who they're talking about. Who deceives the whole world. Can I add that he started in the Garden of Eden? Mankind said, I was afraid, I was deceived, I was afraid, and so I hid. And he continues to do that same thing to this moment. Uh, <clears throat> the serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And here it comes. Then I heard a loud voice saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. I'm going to skip ahead. He accuses them uh, before our God day and night. Verse 11, and they overcame because of the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Can I tell you, beloved, that that accuser didn't stop accusing on the last day of Eden. <clears throat> that accuser still accuses. And I get there in some sense in the age to come, there will be a moment when in finality it's done. But can I tell you, we get little snapshots of that. We get, according to Hebrews 6, we get tastes of the age to come. And here's one of those tastes. But there's the accuser still accusing right now who wants to accuse your version of your story, who wants to accuse you for where you've been, what you've done or haven't done, constantly railing away. But here's the power of testimony. Every time we speak in a word of testimony, 
testimony, we rise up in the face of a voice that would say otherwise, and we shut the mouth of the accuser. And it says the force of God's authority, the kingdom of God is brought to bear in that moment, and the accuser is thrown down. Anybody want to throw the devil down, throw him out of your life today? Right now, just share that testimony. I want to say four things to you before I'm done. There is never a moment, number one, there is never a moment when we share our word of testimony that the force of the cross, that is the power, is not brought to bear on the moment. In other words, every time we share, we don't have to speak of the cross, just share our testimony and embed it in that. You know, I got to say this before I go any further. Now, probably the best illustration, and it really isn't the best one, but um, on every piece of information that you send, whether it's an email, a picture, a text message, you see those things on the surface. You see the email, the letters that are printed, or if you send a picture, you see the image that you're looking at, or if you send a text message, you see those words, but behind those words are thousands of pieces of code, embedded code. It's called metadata, the metadata that's used to make it work behind the scene, carried on it. I I won't take time to expand on that anymore, uh, maybe get too abstract, but can I tell you, here's here's the power of that. Every time we share our testimony, our story of grace being unleashed through us, the power of God redeeming our story and unleashing purpose and grace in our life, anytime we do it, their spiritual metadata carried on that that just absolutely upends the force of hell. And that metadata is Jesus shouting in the background, that's one of mine. He's there because of the power of the cross, because of the cross, because of the cross. Every time we share of our testimony, that metadata is there in the background being born on the level of the spirit. Number two, there's never a moment we share our word of testimony that the force of mercy does not lift its voice and declare, you are more than that. What if I could convince you that when you share your testimony, because your testimony shares the message, that there's a God that came in that said, I refuse to join you in that previous version of you. I wouldn't empower that version of you. I have a much better version of you. It's a redeemed version of you, and that is the one I will empower. Every time you share that story, it's a story of mercy. And again, the metadata that comes across and creeps into the ears of a listening person, somehow they're hearing it, something stirring inside. They don't know what it is. They can't describe it, but beloved, it's the voice of mercy coming through the corridors of time and space saying, I have a better version of you. I have the best version of you. I'm the one that made you. I'm the one that created you. I stamped on you the full worth and value. And if you'll come to the source and the point of that creation, I will show you everything you are worth and then some. Number three, there is never a moment when we share our word of testimony that grace fails to push back and make a space for redemption to be obtained by somebody. I listened to story after story throughout this week, and every story did the same thing to me. It began to move me. It began to touch me. I began to feel somehow a liberating, redeeming sense of God's presence that began to fill that space as I watched and I listened. Praise God, because there was something carried on another wavelength, that piece of metadata that begins to come in and push back and create a space where redemption and mercy may find itself. Do not be afraid to share your story. 
And I'm challenging everyone before our world gets fully cranked up and going and we get fraught with busyness again to find some time just to look into that camera and share your story. Number four, there is never a moment when we share our word of testimony that the mystery of the cross fails to penetrate the moment with promise and purpose. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of testimony. (laughs) Brenda's coming in just a moment. As a matter of fact, she's right here by me in the room. Go ahead and make your way up here, sweetheart. There's a story, and I will, I'll supply the link for you in the comments just below in a few moments that can take you to the YouTube site where this story is told of Penn Gillette. He's a member of the ma- uh, magician team uh, um, and comedy. They do comedy and magic in Las Vegas and have for, I, I guess, decades now. Uh, he's a big guy with, with long hair. You'll remember him when you see him. He's been on TV so much. But he's an atheist. He's an avowed atheist. He, he tells this story himself on YouTube. And again, I'll put the link on there. It's about five minutes long. <clears throat> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a takeaway from this. He's an atheist, and he said there was a man that hung around at the end of the show to give him a Gideon's Bible, a New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And he said, you know, I respected the guy. He said he was a big guy, sort of like me. He said he was articulate. He said he's probably about my age, but he handed me this, uh, this, this little Bible. And he said, I respect that. He says, I'm an atheist. He says, I get that, but let me read the words. He says, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. Now, see, we would use the word share our faith or evangelize or try to win someone to the Lord, whatever. We'd say testify, but he's using the word proselytize, okay? It, it, it effectively means the same thing. But he says, I don't respect them at all. Let me say that again. I don't respect people who don't proselytize. Listen to his words. If you believe there's a heaven and a hell, and people could be going, could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think that it's and you think that it's really not worth telling them, telling them this because it would be socially awkward. This is what he says. Remember an atheist. He says, and atheists who think people shouldn't proselytize and who say, just leave me alone and keep your religion to yourself, how much do you have to hate somebody not to proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? Let me say the last part. I mean, this is still quoting him. I mean, if I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you, there is a certain point at where I tackle you and say, and this is far more important than that. Beloved, I want to lean on all of us, you, me. I'm going to share different parts of my story. Uh, I'm going to continue to be doing that for the next several days on Facebook. Points of healing, points of grace coming in. Uh, points where God came alive, uh, points where there has been a great legacy of life and, and faith. Uh, I, I, by this point, many of you may have heard Brenda's testimony. If you, if you haven't, you will. You can get it. But of a, of a, what a legacy of life and faith and an, really an unbroken path of purpose and righteousness. What a powerful testimony. All of us don't have that story. But we do have our story redeemed and empowered. 
We all have a story, and in every telling of that story, there is mercy that flows through. Remember the metadata, the little encoded message in the background? It's not what you see, but it's back there making it happen. See, your testimony can't happen without mercy. Your testimony can't happen without grace. Your testimony can't happen without a Savior that conquered hell, death, and the grave and was resurrected again. And all pieces of that wonderful story of the love of God shed abroad to the hearts of mankind that flows from the cross, every piece of that story is carried in the metadata background of your simple testimony. More than ever right now, the church of Jesus Christ is shining in our culture, and more than ever right now, you have a license to tell your story. Come on up, sweetheart. I want to say this that I've said so many times. You can say, well, it's socially awkward, and you know, I don't know that somebody may not have some better theory, or someone might say, I can't believe you believe that. I don't, listen, listen, look right into my face right now. You don't need to care what they say, because like the blind man in John chapter nine, he forever establishes this point of truth as he becomes beaten down all day long, three interrogations over the course of six or eight hours, and they're grilling him with theology and the law and all of that, and finally he says, look, listen, I can't answer your questions. All I know is that I was blind from birth and now I see. Has there ever been a story told in all the history of a world of a blind man born at birth suddenly seeing again? Can I tell you this? What can never be refuted is the fact of what happened to you. And here comes the statement that I've bannered for 20 years, that a person with a testimony is never at the mercy of one with a theory. They can take you apart. They can dissect it all they want with logic. But when you say, hey, I was blind, but now I see, it's all over. It's all over, game over right there. And again, not that you want to be winning or, or, or condescending or religiously snotty, but you don't need to fear that. Just tell your story. There's a metadata at work behind the scene, that story, power of the cross, grace, mercy, love, power, and resurrection. I'm just gonna make myself stop right now. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna pray together right now. We're gonna pray together for those of you that are sitting there and all of a sudden grace has pushed back a space and a fragrance is filling that space. I can tell you what it is. It's God that's come to visit you in your story. Sweetheart, would you do that right now? If that's you, I wanna pray with you right now. Father God, I am always amazed that when we call out your name, we call out the name of Jesus, you come. I can't explain it. There aren't words that can express what you do, but you change our lives. We are all sinners until we come and say yes to Jesus. And so if that is you, all you have to do is say yes, Jesus. Be the forgiver of my sin and be the Lord of my tomorrow. And he comes with the full force of the cross and every provision. Thank you, Lord, for each person who's reaching out to you right now. And I also want to pray for those of you who are just hesitant about sharing your story. I love what Tom said. We can never share our story of faith, of being redeemed without the full power of the cross and the force of the life-giving love and purpose and provision of Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would fill every person who has said yes to you with 
this sort of Holy Spirit unction, if you will. I pray that we can't sleep. I pray that we are miserable until we share our faith. May there not be another person who um, says that we don't really believe what we believe because we keep a closed mouth and a closed heart and a, a life that we just hide from the world. God, this is the greatest life. Your love, your mercy that does not agree with our opinion of us, but you will only come into agreement when we come into agreement with you. May every person do that today. And Lord, may our testimony, as Acts says, you gave us the Holy Spirit power when we receive you as Savior, that we would be witnesses, that we would be testifiers to every part of this world, to right where we're at, to our community, to our city, and to the uttermost parts of the world. May your people evangelize like never before. I pray for a mighty revival as people share your story, their story of your redemption. And God, may you be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.